We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. And we've got a trade. James Harden to the Clippers broke in the middle of the night. In fact, I was live doing the Lakers postgame show at that point. And uh, Keith, I there was a, a split second there where I debated, do Keith and I need to do a live show? But when I saw you, you weren't tweeting anything about it. I'm like, okay, he's he's asleep. We're not going to do a Kevin Durant middle of the night trade <laughs> trade live show front office so we'll attack this first thing in the morning here uh Keith uh, how's I guess how surprised were you because I got to I got to be part of this in real time how surprised were you when you woke up and you looked at your phone all right so let me explain how this played out for me because you're absolutely right I was asleep like I was out I, I I made it to I don't know it was about the end of the first quarter of Magic Lakers and I was starting to drift off so I said I'll just watch the rest of this in the morning I don't have anything I need to immediately react to I was not it's not trade deadline week it's not draft week it's not free agency week so I wasn't prepared at all for this I woke up first thing I do though every day is I flip my phone over and I look to see what notifications came in usually in season it's like did somebody get hurt did something happen because we're not expecting major trades i had no notifications so something's wrong there i don't know what happened Hmm. but so how i found out was then i was like i want to see who won the magic lakers game so i click i open the espn uh, page i refresh to the nba page to get to the scores and right there staring me in the face is James Harden traded to Clippers. And that's old school. Was like, is this old? Like, like what happened here? Like I wasn't right. processing cause it was like five 45 in the morning and I wasn't fully understanding what was going on. And then finally I, I woke up enough, read it. Uh, then it was like literally 45 minutes later when I would, well, probably about, yeah, about 45 minutes later. I actually was like, oh, yeah, who won the Magic Lakers game? (laughs) Because I had completely forgotten. So so that was how I found out. I don't know why the notifications didn't come through and all that. I don't know. Sometimes my phone will do this weird thing where if I get so many, it just clears them all. Um, (laughs) It just says, F it, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I, so I, yeah, I was literally like, what is happening here? I don't understand this process. That's funny. And that's, see, that's where, 
you know, I know I appreciate that you usually wait until you text me until a little later in the yes. in the morning because you you mentioned the time that you got up on, and my initial thought was, God, I didn't go to bed until like an hour before you you got up. <laughs> we're on different we're on different timelines here, um, but uh, let's. I guess Keith, I I have to. I, we have to we have to get one more use out of this. Yes, we do. Hi, this evening it is in southwestern Georgia. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. The storm clouds have <laughs> lifted. Hurricane Harden has moved on from Philadelphia. Oh, and by the way, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. We were just full disclosure, peek behind the curtain. We were going to dress up in silly costumes today. Then I think both of us are like, forget it. Like, let's just get the show going. (laughs) There's too too much going on here. Okay. I am rocking the Orlando City hat, though, today. Many people will notice and they'll say, hey, Keith's wearing Lakers colors. You're you're not wrong. Um, but it is uh Orlando City, big uh, playoff win last night. Big, big playoff win. Uh that that shot into the upper V, that was that was pretty insane. Pretty yeah. insane. Can't hit he can't hit a ball much better than that. Nope. But our um, daughter was actually there and on the field pregame. She uh ooh. carried one of the flags out with her teammates. So that's a pretty fun. cool moment for her. Very cool, very yeah. cool. Uh Okay, let's break down James Harden, the Clippers, all the parameters. In fact, there's news that came out sort of rounding out the deal. When I finally went to sleep, we still didn't know who the third team Mm -hmm. was. Keith, you got some details on on that. So I guess let me just throw to you and have you break down exactly what the deal is. Yeah, so the uh, Clippers are getting James Harden. They're also getting P.J. Tucker, and they're getting Philip Petrosev. Uh, in, in this deal, I'll break down how the deal is going to work because there's some fascinating cap stuff with that too. But that's what they're getting player wise. The 70 or yeah, the 76ers are getting Nick Batum, uh, Marcus Morris, uh, Robert Covington, and KJ Martin. Mm-hmm. The 76ers will also get a 2026 first round pick. That's going to come from the Thunder. It's a Clippers pick, but it's going to come from the Thunder. Now, in the way this is written in Woj's piece on ESPN, it says we'll move a protected 2026 first-round pick. So mm-hmm. my guess is the Thunder, because this is allowed now, this changed about probably six, seven years ago um, at this point, teams can add protections onto picks when they further trade them. So my guess is the the Thunder are adding some level of if this pick is one through five or one through 10 or whatever it is, it will go to the Thunder. Otherwise, it will go to the 76ers. We do not have those details as of yet unless they've come out in the last 10 minutes or so. Okay. Yeah. So, that's, so that was the big question, Mark, when I went to bed last night was who yep. is the third team and where is this extra first round pick exactly. coming from? But, but there it is. Yep. So then they are going to get a 2028 unprotected Clippers pick. They're getting two second round picks and a 2029 pick swap. Um, Right. Uh, This is again, Sixers and Clippers. So uh, Sixers and Clippers, the two second rounders, the 2024 picks a little confusing. It'll either be the Pacers, the Jazz or the Cavs, the the Thunder. That one's one of those ones that's tied up in, um, you know, the, the better of this, but the worse of these two type of conditions with that. So it'll be a Pacers, Jazz, or Cavs pick. And then they're going to get the 2029 Clippers second rounder. Now, what did the Thunder get for this? 
the Thunder, presumably to send a, now what reads to me, a protected pick going to the Sixers, they get the rights to swap 2027 first-round picks with the Clippers. Mm -hmm. So the Clippers have to keep that pick, um, obviously, but then the the Thunder get the right to swap that. That was the the first uh, unencumbered Clippers pick uh, that they owned prior to this trade because they had uh, a whole bunch of picks uh, traded. So essentially, the Clippers no longer have any control of their draft through 2029. They will then have a 20. Uh, 30 uh, unprotected pick. That'll be, be it. But as it stands today, no, no further control uh, for, for the Clippers for the next several years. They're basically right back to where they were uh, four years ago when they made the Paul George trade. So to, to kind of, um, to touch on the Thunder part, because I know we're going to spend a lot of time here on the Clippers. We're going to spend a lot of time on the 76ers, and rightfully so. But to touch on the Thunder piece to this, why uh, on the surface people will go, well, wait, why Why would you take a pick swap over just having a first-round pick? Um, remember, not all firsts are created equal, and the Thunder have a ton of extra firsts, probably more than they can ever actually use. And so what they're doing is they're taking the gamble that they're taking a, a draft pick that is, again, going to be protected, so in terms of its value, it's it's limited, and they're they're potentially turning it into something really good, right? I mean, the, the Clippers. You look at at the roster right now. You've got James Harden is thirty four, Paul George, I believe, is thirty three, and Kawhi Leonard is is about to turn thirty three, or he is thirty three already. Anyway, they're all they're all in their mid thirties. Um, twenty twenty seven. By then, these guys are, could very well. In fact, I'd, I'd say it's likely they're all gone by by that point. Yeah, um, if they're not retired like gone from the clippers probably playing somewhere else but yeah yeah they, i just wrote for spot track by the time most of these picks come due even that 2026 pick there's the potential by the time all these come due these guys could all be gone and retired and not even playing anymore i mean exactly. i know that sounds maybe crazy but that's three drafts from now you're yep. you're talking you know three drafts i don't think it's highly likely they'll all be uh retired probably maybe one or two of them could exactly. be exactly talking guys who've dealt with injuries and everything else so yeah i think think there's a real chance this gets uh you know to be very valuable for okc uh down the line as well as obviously philadelphia and, and you have an okc club that right now they've got sga you've got chet you've got you've got the williamses you've yep. got all these all these really young guys and so right i get we don't know we don't know what things are going to look like in the future. Who knows? The Clippers could stumble upon the next great thing that they find in the second sure. round or something, right? I mean, Jokic was found in the second round. You just you never know. But the Thunder are taking the gamble that by 2027, the Clippers will be on the downswing. They will still have this young core that will be better, you know, obviously better than than now. That's what their hope is. And so the Thunder could wind up at that point being one of the top teams in the West. The Clippers wind up being you know into into a rebuild the next thing you know they're trading a pick in the 20s or they're swapping a pick in the 20s for maybe a lottery pick and that's something that could even put them over the top so they're taking yep. the game but there's no guarantee if the clippers happen to be better than the thunder in 2027 the thunder getting get nothing out of the deal right it's a gamble but it's a gamble with some high upside here particularly at a time in their trajectory that could really put them over the top. So that's what the Thunder are doing here and why this makes sense for them. Yeah, and this is just further, let's kick the can down the road a little bit. Let's diversify some of our draft assets so we're not sitting here on this mountain of picks every year that 
quite frankly, they won't be able to use as they hopefully develop and resign their own players. So, mm-hmm. yeah, th- this is just smart business by the Thunder just kind of jumping in there. Even if they don't end up plus one in a pick itself, you just end up in a better spot down the line. So I fully understand why they are jumping in there. And just for our, our visual learners here, I put it up on the screen here, a couple of Shams tweets uh, that just kind of break down what's in the trade without the the Thunder piece to it, because at this point it wasn't uh, known. Yeah. By the way, did, did you, well, I guess you did, you wouldn't have noticed because it wasn't when it happened, but um, Woj drops the bomb that, that Harden is going to the Clippers, and then he waited like 45 minutes before yeah. any of the details of the trade came out. And, every, and we're, we're used to, Player X is going to team Y and then like the next tweet, uh, you know, a minute later is here's what's, here's what the trade is. Right. And so everybody was on pins and needles, but, um, but I, it, you know, Woj beat Shams to the punch by a significant amount in terms of getting the actual trade out. But then Shams came up with the counter and actually got the trade details first. So if you're looking at the game within the game and those two guys, going after each other that was an interesting dynamic too as everybody's you know waiting and waiting and waiting for the trade to be announced um i don't know shams was probably asleep because it was the it was the middle of the night somebody woke yeah, him up right. and said, hey hey quick yeah. talk to somebody let's figure <laughs> this out yeah i mean it was funny i don't know if you had a chance to listen to Woj did a uh a short solo pod it was like 15 mm. 20 minutes long and he um he was telling the story he was actually at five he was supposed to catch a five o'clock flight Oh. Uh, from from the east coast to uh to the west coast because he was going to be on nba today and all this and he said he ended up uh, delaying and not going and he was working from the the uh, lounge at, i want to say he said united but i might be off on that but he was working from the lounge trying to like get all the details from the trade so that just gives you a sense of that was 5 p.m eastern when he first tweeted this out, it was two o'clock in the morning Eastern. Mm-hmm. So that's what nine hours later uh, that that he he finally put this out there. So gives you a sense. But he told it was kind of funny. He was like, "Yeah, I worked until they kicked me out of the lounge. Then I worked a little longer, and then I just gave up and I went home and showered. And now here I am, and I'll maybe fly out there later or something like that. I forget how he put it, but it was worth listening to because it was just interesting into the way of the process. But that does give you a sense of. Sometimes this is there. The first person, as I kind of traced back through the evening that I saw had anything was Law Murray of The Athletic, who covers the Clippers. He basically said, hey, sounds like there's maybe something going on. I'll add my own uh, to to this. Clippers and 76ers love making 2 a.m. Eastern trades. Apparently. They did the same thing with the Tobias Harris trade a few years back when when they made that trade. That was at like 2.15. Uh, in the morning, that one was also uh, much closer to the trade deadline. So, uh, for for maniacs like me, I was up and functioning at that point. But uh, yeah, th- this one I was not expecting the Halloween uh, morning uh, early hours. As as I put on Twitter, we need to the next CBA has to be there will be no trades made in the middle of the night. In the middle like, of the night, yeah, you know, there there needs to be a cutoff at some point. Let's what? call it midnight. Midnight to 8 a.m. Eastern, like that, that can be, be our cutoff. Everybody gets some sleep. Well, let me let me ask you this then, because um, the the chatter going around on Lakers Twitter was the reason why they were trying to squeeze this in in the middle of the night and just get this done as quickly as they could is so Harden will be available to play on Wednesday when no the chance. Clippers play, play the Lakers. I think that's a bit of a Oh, quick Wednesday? Turnaround. I mean, maybe, but yeah. And he's not yeah. he's not playing tonight against no. against the Magic. 
but maybe he got to clear physicals and all that kind of stuff. But um, but that the Clippers had extra incentive to get it done before Wednesday's game was the uh, was the the chatter because we know how much they care about, about the Lakers. Lakers and Celtics fans both have this very nice uh, ability to insert themselves and make everything that happens in the NBA somehow about them, even when it really has nothing to do with them at all. Like they're, they're, they they both live in rarefied air that way. That is it, for sure. That is uh, true. That is, I, I that like is to true. say, I think you've said, I know I've said it to you before, but I'll say it here on the show. Like, I always wonder how bad and washed does a player have to be before somebody's like future Celtic or future Laker, you know, with, with every guy who gets waved or whatever, because that's just <laughs> the way it goes. And it's like, you know, really? Like, you know, are we, we still going to be calling that out for, I don't know, Shaq? Oh. Like Keith, you know, but yeah. Keith, I, I've got I, I've gotten so many questions. Is Danny Green got by the way, that was part of the oh yeah. Danny, Danny yeah. Green got waived. Should the yes. Lakers sign Danny Green? But it's it's because these guys who were good like a few years ago that were a big part, people don't remember like years have gone by and injuries have happened and things like that have occurred, <laughs> and we're just thinking it's still the same guy. That that they were a few years ago, and that's just not the case. I, I wish Danny Green the, the best, obviously, but he's he's played in like two games this season. He hasn't scored a point, um, and we're still very young in, into the season here. But um, yeah, I know I'm going to be getting a lot of oh, are they going to buy out Marcus <laughs> Morris? Could that right. could that be you know? Uh, that's yeah. that's and I know you get that too on on your yeah. Own. Same, same thing. Yeah. I So let's um let, let's dive into one of the mechanical structures yes. of this trade, because I think this is is kind of interesting here. So th- this trade is functionally going to be just the well, let me start again. Everybody should know by now. And if you don't, well, we're here to educate and help out. The NBA allows teams to structure trades in the way that is most beneficial to them on both sides of a trade, meaning you can say, hey, we're actually sending these two salaries for this one salary. Um, We can say we need to aggregate all these salaries to get this salary. We're going to bring player X into a trade exception, those sorts of things. So they allow for that. So what's going to happen is from the Philadelphia side, they are going to send Philip Petrosev is going to be almost like his own separate deal in this. It doesn't matter that it's reported all as one because that's what really matters to most people is what, you know, seven players in this case are involved in the trade. Mm-hmm. But for if you're watching this show, you're probably a little more interested in the details. So Petrosev is going to go by, via the minimum salary exception. So it's really Harden and Tucker together, added together, will go go to um, the uh, the – Clippers. So that's $46.65 million. Okay. And the reason I'm carrying it out that extra place, because it matters. So 46.65. And that's if James Harden waives his trade bonus, which he very, very likely did in order to make this trade go through. Just to keep it simple, if he didn't, the Clippers need to go find about five more million dollars to send out in this trade. And that's probably not going to happen. So we're, we're going to assume Harden's happy. He's got a Philly going where he wants to go, waves his trade bonus, and he's headed off. So $46.65 million. The Clippers' matching salary, the four players together, Batum, Covington, Martin, and Morris, is $46.69 million. 
Ooh. So just by $40,000, this trade squeaks in. The reason why it's that, the Clippers, under the new trade rules, are at 110% salary matching with no little bonus extra. It used to be 100 k now it's up to 250 k mm-hmm. in most of those deals. That doesn't exist anymore. So they're at the 110% matching, gets them right there by $40,000. There is another structure of this trade that could work for Philadelphia where they could break it down and use the 125% salary matching. Then they would create a larger trade exception because they'd essentially break this up into three three trades um, on their side. The challenge with that is they would then get hard capped at the apron because if you use more than the 110% salary matching in a trade, you are now hard capped mm-hmm. at the apron amount at the first apron because that's a new thing, the 110%. So yep. that's the qualify to make sure you don't do it and then go blow past the apron later. And they would only be about $2.8 million under the apron. That leaves them a little tighter to the apron than I think they would rather be at this point in the season just to create a larger trade exception. So my guess is they will they'll do it as Harden and Tucker bundled and they will they will or go the hard cap portion and just go with this. So so that's just a little bit of the intricacy in this trade. Yes, I was doing this math on the fly at six o'clock in the morning while still sitting in bed, like trying to figure out, you know, how this was going to work and everything. And, and I felt pretty good. I didn't feel great until I actually sat down at the computer and did it in Excel. So if you're below, if you're far enough below the cap, is it still 125% for those teams? No. So those have changed. There's all kinds of changes to those. It's, it's 175% now. If you're sending out the lower set, the lowest salary amount, um, Mm. plus, uh, plus, um, uh, 250 or I'm sorry, the 125%. Jeez, let me, I'm butchering that whole thing. (laughs) The 175% rule. If you're below the tax amount, that has now changed to 200%. Mm. The 5 million uh, plus, which is like the middle salary amount, it's like 6 million, almost 20 million. That is now plus 7.5 million. And then the 100K uh, bump goes up to 250 million. But any of the apron teams, it's 110% that you're limited to, to matching on. So if you're if you're well enough below the tax, you can you can really get some some lopsided yeah, trades in terms of in terms of money yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, remember the whole goal in this cba was push the, the super expensive teams down make it harder on them to yeah. do stuff and make it much easier to push the other teams up so you're trying to get it even even right yeah. to make it make it better one last note on this because some there's a lot of confusion on social media there's a lot of people are like i thought you couldn't aggregate salaries and i thought it was only a hundred percent trade matching those two restrictions for apron teams start, it's it's complicated. It starts the first day after the regular season ends. So effectively, that starts with this coming off season. So this right. is the interim phase, 110%. You can still aggregate salaries together. After the season ends, so before the draft, any of those random weird one-off trades we get once in a while, like during the playoffs and stuff from teams that are eliminated, you cannot do though those trades will drop to a hundred percent and you can no longer aggregate salary. So this was really your window to do this trade was the trade deadline um, to get it done. And there's obviously many, many reasons to get it done beyond that, which I think is what we'll get into now. Yeah. Let's, let's go there with this now that, 
Um, now that we've kind of got kind of all the mechanics down, let's talk about what this means for the 76ers. So we know the 76ers have had the goal of taking whatever they get in an eventual James Harden trade and sending that somewhere else at some point to add talent right now because Joel Embiid, he's not going to be a happy camper if James Harden nets the players they got from the Clippers and nothing else um, that can that can help the team right now. Now, the, the other part of this, though, is that pick they got from the Clippers and the and the that's that is probably going to go up in value as these guys age, as Harden ages, sure. as Paul George ages, Kawhi Leonard age, right? As, the, as these guys get older, the closer you get to actually using that pick, the more valuable that's going to become. So I, I'm curious to see how the 76ers play this. Do they just immediately flip those assets and what can you get for them now? Or is there a part of them that says, hey, if we hang on to this and the Clippers start to go downhill as we're we're projecting them to. This is there's a there's a chance this asset is going to get even more valuable. Does that matter to a 76ers team who has a Joel Embiid who's turning 30 in March? That's going to be an interesting thing to watch here. Yeah, as I wrote in a piece that'll be up on Spot Track a little bit later uh, today, one of the things I wrote was Philly has a they now have a whole lot of options that they can go through. But really, what it boils down to is, do they want to preserve every bit of cap space that they can have? Within that, there's kind of two paths. You can either really wipe the decks clean, have Embiid and Maxi only, and that creates about 62 million-ish in cap mm-hmm. space, or you can keep like guys like DeAnthony Melton and Paul Reed who are key kind of rotation players for them. Right. And in that case, you've got about 43 million or so in cap space. So either way, a pretty large chunk of cap space. The other option would be, hey, we're going to pursue player X anyway in free agency. We think we can get that guy now. So let's do some pre-agency. We'll trade some of these draft picks, cash them in, along with some of the matching salary. It'll take 60 days before they can re-aggregate some of these guys they're getting in this trade, but that's fine. That's, you know, we're still well in advance of the trade deadline um, for, for re-aggregation purposes, which is part of why this needed to get done sooner rather than later. You didn't want to let it drag out too long and mm-hmm. then not be able to re- aggregate if you're Philly, but you're you're well clear of that. So maybe you'd send some of those guys as the matching salary. Like what if a guy like DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine becomes available or someone like that and you want to chase one of those guys? And that's the only reason I'm mentioning them is they were immediate guys who were mentioned as potential targets down the line. Um, we've heard Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, potentially being free agent targets this coming summer. Well, if you want to get on it now and kind of reap the benefits, go get them now. And then you're just mm-hmm. doing the move you might have done anyway uh, later this summer. So so I think that's where it gets really interesting for Philadelphia. They have a whole lot of different directions they can go now that they didn't necessarily have um, previous. Even if, let's say, Harden showed up and they're like, hey, we can play out the year. It'll be fine. You'll play out the year with you. They weren't going to have these same kind of options just because they wouldn't have the draft pick capital yeah. to go make something happen in the in the immediate. So so that's a, a couple couple interesting pathways for Philly to take uh, in the future. The guys they acquired in this trade, the only one I see playing a meaningful role for the Sixers is KJ Martin, just because mm-hmm. he's young enough. His cap hold will also be small enough that I think they could probably keep him around and it makes something work with him if they wanted to. So, so we'll, we'll see, you know, how that one comes together. I do think Batum Covington Morris, maybe a couple of them actually play for Philly, if only because they kind of have to, they, they, 
they traded PJ Tucker and maybe they need to get somebody else mm-hmm. in the mix there. I'm going to play some minutes. So maybe one or two of those guys play, but long-term they're all expiring contracts. They'll be gone. They, they, even if they make it all the way through till the end of this season, they will not be with the Sixers, at least anywhere near the current deals are on now, maybe mm-hmm. resign on a minimum type type situation or it's leftover cap space or something like that. But, but they, they will be gone uh, before the you know, all is said and done in the summertime moves start. Yeah, for the Sixers, this is all about having that future cap space and getting the future draft capital. This is not this is not about the players that they receive. Speaking of which, I, I, I saw a number of people who basically had this down to, to this. If Terrence Mann is in the deal, the Clippers folded. They caved. If Terrence Mann is not in the deal, the 76ers caved. And you talked about this on our show the other day, said... That's not actually what it is. It's not actually a Terrence Mann or or nothing type of situation that it's the draft capital here. It's Terrence Mann or you get us an extra first-round pick in the deal. Yeah. And it seems like the Clippers were able to acquire that extra. How good of a first-round pick? We'll have to wait and see. But they were able to get the extra first-round pick. So it wasn't like the 76ers said, no, the line is drawn at Terrence Mann. The line is drawn at a first-round pick or Terrence Mann, and they were able to get this in the deal. Yeah, exactly. The main matching salary parameters between Morris Covington, at least two, it ultimately ended up being all three. Those were known, right? We knew that had to be be being in the in there. So I think now we're in a spot where it becomes all right, where are we headed, you know, with the rest of this, right? So that that turns into um a situation of all right, man's not going. So now now it's gotta be all three. So that that part becomes easy. And then it's go get us that extra pick. And mm-hmm. and it's it's really no different than a lot of what the discussion was with the Damian Harden, uh Damian Harden, Damian Lillard. <laughs> the the uh, summer of trades all came yeah, together right oh, there. Yeah. I'm going to need a serious nap later today. Um, <laughs> Damian Lillard, uh, Miami Heat negotiations, where it was, you don't have enough, go get something else, and we can make it work. That was the, the thing is, you don't have enough, so get us something else then. And in this case, it was just easier to get to something else. So, yeah, Sixers on court, still TBD, right? It's Nothing really changes for them other than they've got to find a starter now to replace PJ Tucker because I had already taken James Harden completely out of the mix for them for the course of this season. So mm-hmm. it's all right, you got to find somebody to, to, to replace PJ Tucker. Maybe that's Batum, maybe that's Covington, maybe that's Morris, maybe that's you know, I, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Maybe it is KJ Martin and they just plug him in there. Maybe it's somebody who's already on the roster. We'll see. That'll develop over the next uh couple of weeks at least and we'll figure that out but most of where do they go from here that story is yet to be written yeah again this is it's hard to really evaluate this trade for the 76ers because we don't know we don't know what they're going to do with with these assets and with the cap flexibility that they're going to have now next summer and, and all of that so this is it sounds like a cop-out but there's no you can't really evaluate this trade and say the Sixers did well. The Sixers didn't do well because really they we don't know what they got yet, and we won't know for at yeah. least a year, if not if not more, what they actually got out of this trade. And that's when we'll truly be able to say, hey, they they handled this James Harden situation that's you know very well, or they didn't. And and that's you know again yeah. the jury's going to be out on that for a while. 
Yeah, a lot of it comes down to what do they do with the draft picks and the cap flexibility. That's ultimately what it comes down to. I would say what we can say is uh, mission accomplished on what Daryl Morey's objectives were. It was either get enough draft capital to turn it into something, which I believe they did while retaining our cap flexibility, or get good players while retaining our cap flexibility. And I, you know, they went the first route with the extra draft pick, but I think mission accomplished for what they said their stated objectives were in the Harden trade. Now it becomes how do you use all of that uh, moving forward? Keith, that means we get to spend all the way until February 8th. I believe it's at like 3 p.m. Eastern time. Yep. Um, all the way until then, we get to talk 76ers trades because you know they're going to continue <laughs> to be active. Um, yep. Let's jump over to the Clippers side of things. They get James Harden. I, I know a lot of people were surprised that P.J. Tucker also in, in this trade. Obviously, he's getting way up there in years, but still somebody that can contribute, and especially given that they... I, I know they're not great players at this point, but since they sacrificed a lot of their wing depth in this mm -hmm. deal in order to put matching salaries in, I think that was actually an important addition here for, for the Clippers was to get another guy who can play on the wing for them in, in Tucker. So they get both P.J. Tucker and James Harden in this deal. And then the question just becomes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do they clipper again or do they get to where they where they want to go? And that's going to ultimately, again, determine whether or not this was a success or failure because the picks they gave up could wind up being disastrous for them into the future. But if they win now, that does not matter. So we'll see what happens here. They they add James Harden into this mix. Keith, my my initial thoughts, and I and have been this way over the, the course of the summer, has been the Clippers trading for James Harden. I think it can significantly raise their ceiling. I, I think there's no question on, on that. It can raise their ceiling. I also think the potential is here for this to lower their floor. Certainly lowers their floor in the future, but it can lower their floor in the present too, depending on how all of these personalities come together and how everything plays out you know, with just one basketball. So it's it's a gamble that could pay off for them in a big, big way. This is a team that obviously has championship aspirations. They say they're serious about the regular season now. We'll we'll find out. But um yeah, this this could also self-destruct. And that's gonna be that's gonna make this, you know, must see TV as we watch this Clippers team try to put all these guys together. Yeah, on the question of ceiling and floor, I think long term the floor is now 
like when you watch a superhero or spy movie and they're like sub basement level max, like yeah. that's like where the floor is now. Like the floor, it, this could be a complete disaster. And they, this might be one of the things where it takes some years to recover from this. It is also, I will, I say that owning the Clippers, even in a world where the second apron penalties are more uh, difficult to do things and all the, the roster maneuvering and all that you need to do. They can still spend their way out of this easier than most other franchises can mm -hmm. just because of how deep of pockets their owner has. So I think there is a situation where, you know, all right, it didn't work. Now what do we pivot to and we figure it out and go from there. Um, as far as raising their ceiling, yeah, I think in the interim it does because I think what you now have coverage for is unless the wheels completely come off and everyone is hurt, then nothing's salvaging the season anyway. But if Kawhi or PG goes down, which is normally I like to not price in injury stuff because I don't like to assume those are going to happen. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it's probably a fair assumption to have. If one of them goes down, at least now you have Harden. Or if they both go down again, now it doesn't turn into the Russell Westbrook show, which is what it became in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And to be fair to Russ, he played well. It's just it's not who he is anymore. He's not carrying mm -hmm. you by himself. Now at least you have another guy. Even this lesser version of James Harden is still pretty good. James Harden should have been an all-star last year. I mean, he can still create a ton of offense for himself and others, even if he does it in slightly different ways. This guy's still very, very good. The, the amount of people who are acting like this guy's a you know, replacement-level MLE guy now, like that's just bonkers. Like he's still very, very good. Absolutely. You know, my questions are more, all right, Russ is now more and even more in an off-ball role. You know, what does that look like? We, right. we kind of know. Not so great. But I think what you'll see Ty Lu do is, my guess is he's going to start Zubach, Leonard, George, Harden, and Russ. Probably sub two of the two of the four non-Zubach guys out in probably four minutes into games, and then he'll play stagger the rest of the yeah. way. And I bet you PJ Tucker closes over Russ uh, when, when in lineups where everybody is healthy, or they'll just go super small and close with Tucker at the five and close with the four. Uh, veteran star guys and go again to be fair to Russ he's been really good with the Clippers like really good like played mm -hmm. really really well so you know maybe, maybe he can you know maintain and figure something out but I, my guess is we're gonna see heavy heavy staggering of the four star level on ball creator creator players and that will be you know how they'll get through games when they're all available but the big get here is Somebody needs a night off, you know, player participation policy be damned. You can give it to them without a lot of, you know, worry and, you know, flack because now we've got the other guy. You're not necessarily walking in and punting those games away because, hey, we got another guy who can who can do this and really carry things for us uh, moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. And those those who still have this, you know, super negative perception of Russell Westbrook because of what he did, you know, to the Lakers, uh, we have to keep in mind that with with all of that he was making 47 million dollars yeah. <laughs> yeah. russ russ when he's making uh, like four million dollars and so you've got a team that can have other guys who can actually do stuff around him that makes a, a huge difference the lakers needed russ to be russ yeah the clippers don't don't need that they just need him to 
to play within, you know, what it is they want to do. And he actually has where he's got other threats uh, around him. So, um, so and that he makes juices him much more a team that plays otherwise very, very slowly. Yep. Right. So he can get out and run and that's a little bit of a different look. And because certainly Harden's not coming in and speeding up the pace at all. Like that's no. not, that's not who he's ever been. And he's certainly not going to play that way now. So yeah, I, I, you know, I, there, there are definitely issues I can see defensively. It's, yes. you know, you're putting a lot on PG, Kawhi, and, and Zubac to kind of cover for those two uh, there, especially if uh, you know Harden's going to give his normal level of defensive effort. But the other thing is, people went immediately to, wow, you know, now Kawhi has to play the four a lot. Yeah, but Harden's at, been at his best for years now when he defends bigger players because he yeah. only doesn't have to move as much, and he is very strong. So he can just kind of plant himself down on the block and handle that. So I bet it's still going to be, yeah, Kawhi will nominally be the four, but they, they can do a lot of mixing and matching with different matchups. Yeah. So they're going to defend, but that's more the result of Harden can defend up a position in Kawhi and PG. And then again, PJ Tucker will play a big role because Batum, Morris, Covington, that was kind of their power forward group and Martin to some extent are all gone. So now that kind of leaves it to, hey, PJ, you're going to get probably off the bench, but you're going to play 30 minutes a night, I bet, in that range, you know, playing both the four and the five. Well, and the Clippers not including Norman Powell or Terrence Mann. That's mm-hmm. that's big for their, their overall exactly. depth. They were able to keep yeah. all of their win-now pieces, all their so guys. Bones that- Island, you have Mason Plumley. I mean, yep. you're not – no, if that if that's your starting group, you're not winning playoff series. But as a backup group, Plumley, Tucker, Mann, Powell, and Bones Island, that's – pretty pretty good that's a pretty good second yeah. unit you know uh, for for regular season games so that's you know that that's some of the benefit here to that pick swap which again could wind up that could be devastating in, in 2027 it could be nothing as well we don't know but yeah. uh, but that's the benefit for for adding in the extra pick and saying we're not going to give up terrence man is it gives you more depth right now and again if you're the clippers and you're all in on trying to win right now which if you just added a 34 year old james harden who can walk away in July, um, which by the way, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can as well if they so choose. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but yeah. but they could. Um, you're you are all in on winning this season, and and so you have to do whatever it takes to hang on to anybody that you think can help you win this season. And that's exactly what the Clippers did here. Um, it's again, this is a big gamble, and we'll see the way this plays out. The Western Conference becomes even more of the NBA's clown car where everybody is just piling into the West. Um, I put a list out there. I put a list out there of all the stars in the Western Conference and knew I was leaving. Guys. I knew, even looking team by team, there were guys, somebody mentioned me, they're like, uh, Chris Paul too. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah like uh, the list is a mile long. The NBA's Western Conference is insane. Any given night, you've got so many just absurd teams in the West, um, it is going to be an absolute bloodbath all season long, and we love it. There's going to be so much drama coming out of the Western Conference. So, um, hey, all we- I know, I feel better about our after their debacle of a second half last night. I feel better about where I landed on the Timberwolves than where you landed in our preseason predictions. Oh, because the because the West got that much better. I didn't see what the Wolves did. This oh, you off, didn't man. see what, what happened? happened last night? No, no oh, I was I was a little busy. <laughs> sure. I uh, let me. I, I didn't know if you were following it before the Lakers uh, tipped off. Let, let, let me go. No. Go just give give you a little bit of a uh, taste of what happened last night in that game. They were up. The Timberwolves were up seventy nine 
to 60 at halftime. Uh-huh. Okay. They were tied by the end of the third quarter. And they then put they up lost 79 points? Oh, my yep. gosh. Yeah. They, they got, put up 79 points and a half and yep, lost? And Holy lost. moly. Yeah. Oh, they put up 19 they, in the third and 15 points in the fourth after putting up 42. Ooh, and on the Hawks. I didn't yeah. even realize it was the Hawks. That's gross. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't close out the Hawks? Like, the Hawks are fine, half. but... Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Bad. Oh, so, um, I just... Something's off in Minnesota. I mean, I think we all know it's the two bigs and the collection mm-hmm. of talent is just a little funky, but... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a move coming there. I, uh, maybe by the deadline. My my bet on the Wolves was that Anthony Edwards' brilliance was going to take them to the next level, uh, and it looks like he was brilliant. Uh, Thirty-one points, seven assists, great shoot. You know, th- well, not great, but thirteen to twenty-one. Um, that's that's really really good um, from the field. It's not <laughs> like he was ninety percent or something, but um, but he was excellent. And then uh, he still don't don't get that done. Yikes. Um, they they yeah, really it was uh the Edwards was the best of nothing good in the second half. Uh he had eleven points in the second half, but they shot under thirty percent mm. overall. They were four of fifteen from three, eight turnovers in the second half alone. Like just did just complete disaster. And DeJounte Murray went absolutely bananas. And I think points. It was in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, he was eight for eight from the field. Four for four from the line, hit two threes, 22 points in the third quarter. Is he just to, and it was, it was one of those ones where as you're watching it, you're just getting increasingly more frustrated. And I can only imagine what it was like for Wolves fans. Oh, yeah. Because he was just doing the same thing over and over and over again. He was just getting wherever he wanted. They had no answer for it and just bad, 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 bad. 17 for 24 shooting for DeJounte Murray. My goodness. Um, that is a, an absolute blow-up performance, man. Uh, yeah, Wolves fans can't be feeling good after after that game. Um, yikes! Yeah, they got they got crushed. Which hey, uh, look, losses in the Western Conference are going to be difficult to come by. So from the Lakers' yep. perspective, I'll, I'll take it. Any Eastern Conference <laughs> teams beating a Western Conference team, give me as much of that as we can get because I don't think it's going to happen a lot this season. Um, all right, we'll take it. We will take it in that regard. Um, last thing I've got, it's interesting that you've got, and this is going to be my own little little dig here, but I think it's kind of funny that you've got these L.A. guys, right? These guys who grew up in L.A., Russ, Harden, Kawhi, Paul George, and yet they don't really play for L.A. <laughs> that that's That's a little like, and they all know, you know, because they grew up there. They know what it's like. They know that it's not really LA, you know, like they get to stay with family and stuff like that, but the city doesn't really want them there. You know, it's kind of that, that type of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out too. Um, Cause yes, they're home, but they're not really home, you know? Uh, and again, that's my own little Lakers shot at the, at the Clippers, of course. Um, but at least they're in Southern California. I guess we can say that. Someone asked me, it was like right around the time Kawhi and PG came together and everybody's like, holy crap, the Clippers. Um, somebody said to me, how like how many years would the Clippers need to win for for them to really because remember they were like, We're LA's team now and all that stuff that yeah. which was not the players in the code, like that was all marketing nonsense. That was, that was organizational, yeah. Yeah. So and I was like, 
I don't know, like 15 years, like yeah. of like straight championships then probably. And it was probably high because let's face it. A lot of fans are super fickle now and only want to back winners. I mean, we, we see it all the time with just people jump all over the place. You mm-hmm. know, now I get, I have people in my mentions who have switched from being, you know, uh, Nets fans to Suns fans to oh, Nuggets yeah. fans back to Suns fans. Like it's crazy, but, um, but I and, have and um, the player first fans. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, maybe I was too hot. Maybe it'd be like you know, 10 straight years, which is clearly not going to happen anyway. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, that's, you're, you're talking 50 plus years of right. Like ingrained culture. I mean, I'm probably Shyland's probably closer to 60, you know, said probably pushing closer to 70 now. Right. Of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ingrained, like, you know, the Lakers are LA's team. Like, yeah, it's, you, you'd have to win forever while the Lakers would also have to become, garbage you know during yeah. that time because that's the only way you're gonna flip the what kids who are 10 years old now would would flip because that's what 10 year olds do but yeah it, it, it's just never gonna be a thing i've I, i've come to it and, and again part of this is me just being being petty and throwing shots at the clippers but um i i've got a theory and that's that there are actually no clippers fans <laughs> there are actually no clippers fans because here's what it is the clippers fans in, in Southern California, they are, they're not really Clippers fans. They just, they're the people that want to be contrarians. You know, you know, the type that just sure. anything that happens, they want to go, no, well, actually I'm going to like this because everybody else likes this. So I'm going to like that. You know, like the Marvel movies are, are getting big. Well, no, I'm going to be a DC fan. I'm going to just focus on DC. It's not like it at all. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, so you've got the contrarians and then you also have the transplants into LA who grew up hating the Lakers because they live somewhere else. And so they can't be Lakers fans. So they're just, so it's, it's really, you've just got people that, that don't want to be seen as like Lakers fans. Cause that's what everybody is. You know what I mean? And so there's not really Clippers fans. There's people who didn't like the Lakers. And so they, they are going to gravitate towards the Clippers and they're going to support that team, but they're not really fans of the Clippers. They're just against the Lakers. I'm going to, I'm going to counter with shout out to Jeff and Mark, two guys I worked with at Disneyland when I lived out there. They are, they are massive Clippers fans and became Clippers fans, not because they didn't want to be Lakers fans, but just they could afford to go to Clippers games and couldn't afford to go to Lakers games when they were kids. So they, they started going to Clippers games and fell in love uh, with the Clippers through, through that. So I, yeah, I, I get it. You're picking on them and you're, you're throwing shade. <laughs> it's it's me being, yeah, I'm going, I know there are some real Clippers, <laughs> Clippers yeah. fans, but in Clipper general, Darryl, right? That, is that, I mean, that's the guy, right? Who's just nuts on the sidelines and everything. So like, yeah. that's what he goes by something like that. So What's that yeah, Darryl? I think, um, yeah, but it's, yeah, the whole idea of, you know, they're, they're going to be LA's team. That said, I don't want to see a single like person being like, I know, and I know this would kill you as a real Lakers fan and the rest of the Lakers Nation crew. I don't want to see anybody. Well, at least LA wins. Like, no, that's not. Oh, no. No, no, no. There's one, exactly one acceptable circumstance to root for that. And it's if they're playing the Celtics in the finals. That's it. Other than that, even then, then, there's a lot of Lakers fans that would say, even then, they would would not go for it oh you're hoping at that point the sun explodes and that oh yeah you're 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 rooting for a big giant meteor yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's it (laughs) 
that's that, yeah, that's the dark man. timeline. That's the dark man. time. Okay. We, we um, finished anyway. the show in a weird place. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is Halloween. It is, it is Halloween. Halloween. That's it's true. A, so we got to get it into hey, the spooky area. Play on Halloween. Don't be the parents who are like, oh, my kid doesn't really eat candy. Like, let the kid eat a. I'm not saying they can eat the whole bag. But let your kid eat candy on Halloween. Like, come on now. Like, you know, as long as, long as it's you know not gonna like actually make them sick. Like, let them eat a couple pieces of candy. Like, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I have a couple friends who are like, yeah, we don't really do it because our kids kids aren't allowed to have candy. It's like one day a year they're not allowed to have candy. Like, what, what, what are we doing here? You know, you gotta, you know, think about the memories that you're going to that you're going to yeah. have for the, the rest of your life. You're going to remember being a kid and going around on Halloween and how much fun you had and and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Have fun. Well, trust me. It goes by really, really fast. Nice. We now have a 13 year old who is like, oh, I'm not trick or treating like like is like done with that. Thankfully, she still wants to hand out the candy and like be be you know part of the fun with all that and and my wife is uh i'll put them all on twitter later tonight she is deep into carving pumpkins oh boy and she's, she's got some fun stuff if can, if you're new you to it uh you know, is this year follow me over there uh she's doing stitch um okay from, from lilo and stitch and it's a bunch of stitch uh related pumpkins and the first couple are they're they, they look amazing they These. you know she's uh wildly wildly talented with the way she she because she gets into the whole carving and shaving yeah. and you know all you know colorations and all this other stuff that i quite frankly never knew you could really do with a pumpkin but you know that that's her thing why why play with spreadsheets and analyze <laughs> basketball trades <laughs> for anybody who's new to our show and didn't see these last year or anything like that definitely go follow keith over on x at keith smith nba these um these things always turn out absolutely incredible they they're they're mind-blowing what they what I have pro I have issues carving like the simple smile to the point where this yeah, guy has got the little stick on things, you know, yep. and, and that's what we did rather than even carve the pumpkin. Um, so the, the stuff she pulls off with these pumpkins, it is absolutely insane. So definitely go follow Keith and uh, you you're in for a treat when you, when you see these things. Um, <laughs> yep. But later right. tonight, once it gets dark, so we got about another seven ish hours or so, mm -hmm. but then I'll have them out there. All right. Well, I think that wraps up all of our James Harden coverage. Keith, we, we, I, I would wager we, over the course of the summer, we probably more than 50% of our shows had something about James Harden in them. Oh, yeah. Without Easy. a doubt. And uh, I am, I'm looking forward to, and I know there's going to be some fallout stuff we're going to have to cover, but I'm looking for, looking forward to some uh, Harden free shows in in the near future here or at least harden the basketball player on the clippers uh conversation yes. versus all this other nonsense as much as you know we had a lot of fun with the hurricane hard sure. dates and all that stuff like we had a lot of fun with it but yeah i'm ready to to move towards basketball with this uh, more <laughs> more than ready <laughs> all right well thank you everybody for joining us again happy halloween have a wonderful night have a safe night as well until next time everybody see ya and stay safe.